Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Inside the 8 o'clock hour on the fan, already one hour down. KM to AM, a five-hour sports talk show on a football Friday. Maybe a freestyle Friday if I get some inspiration. I just wrote a couple things from Josh from the Bronx with his black coffee, no cream bar. I, I don't have the inspiration. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, man. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it doesn't come to me tonight. But I, I certainly can talk the sports. Might not be able to rap tonight, but I certainly can take your calls. 877-337-6666. And my baseball fans calling, I'm absolutely going to get to you. We have to talk Otani. We have to talk Yamamoto, and it seems like both the Mets and Yankees are starting to pivot, right? Names are starting to pop up in case they don't get Yamamoto, such as Blake Snell or uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, for the Mets. And for the Yankees today, a report came out that mentioned Dylan Cease. Shout out to my guy Cameron Mabin, who was mentioning that online before it actually hit. But uh, the Yankees are among teams monitoring Dylan Cease if they miss out on Yashinobu Yamamoto per Ken Rosenthal. I mean, the Juan Soto thing has worn off, right? I mean, it was great. We had the press conference, but now you're getting thirsty for more. You want something else to happen before Christmas. Yamamoto has said that he was going to wait to the week before Christmas. Um, And I think the Yankees feel like they're in a good spot with him. We saw he met with the Phillies. And I just keep saying Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. We're going to talk Otani and this contract and all the little things that have come out since he signed coming up. Mark is out in California where Shohei Otani lives. What's up, Mark? What's going on? I've been listening to a caller about uh, the Tony Romo thing. Just We can't compare him to it's, Romo. But, yeah, it's, but it, it doesn't really connect. Super it's okay. weird, man. Eli Manning never won an MVP, never threw 40 touchdowns in a season. Like, it just, come on. And Eli Manning forced his way to the Giants. I, we could we could go in, around right. in circles right, on right, these right. things. You know what I mean? But um, in regards to DeVito, I think he's got a way tougher matchup this weekend. The Saints, Saints have a way better D-line. They're playing man coverage at a ridiculous rate. They've allowed the fourth U.S. yards wide receivers in the National Football League. Good corner. Yeah. And, and not to, to cut you off, be. but when he went into Jerry World and faced the Dallas Cowboys with the real home crowd, he looked mid. The Saints mid. have a real yeah. fan base, real home crowd. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're they're not good, those fans show up, they turn up. Yeah. It's part of the culture down there. So he'll be tested right. for sure. And I mean, here's what people are not even talking about. If the Giants go three and one, they're going to make the playoffs. 
It's guaranteed because you have wins against, even if they all Packers and Rams and Saints finish with the same record. If they go three and one, they're guaranteed a playoff spot. It's a guarantee. You well, I think they're going to need some help. If you look at the no, if no, you look at the playoff, okay, so none. they'd be the last wild card spot over. They would be the seventh seed, correct? Because you have the you have the Packers at six and seven, correct? You have they'd the have to Saints beat the fighting. Rams in that three and one. Rams are fighting too, and then you have split against the Eagles. If they lose both games with the they, Eagles, it's done. they also lost to the Seahawks, who are who are right, right. there as well. But they're but they're going to jump. The, the only way that the Giants could could go three and you one know what's going to burn the Giants, and I've been saying it for weeks now: not letting right. Tommy DeVito throw against the Jets. Losing that game that you had won. That one's going to burn you. That one's going to hurt. You, you want to know something? What's super weird about this? No one's really talking about this. Is why would the Giants? And here's what I told with Tommy DeVito: Why would you play Tyrod Taylor? Why? The thing is, because they paid hope, him. Well, hold on one second. You would hope that Tommy DeVito, and as a Giants fan, nobody expected Tommy DeVito to ball out. He's winning games, gotcha. But let's just say, God forbid, he was losing games. No one's talking about it. Giants get a better draft pick. Who cares? The kid's balling out right now. Yeah, I don't think so he was balling out him- in training camp. I don't think he was balling out in preseason and practice enough for them to think that uh, 13-year-year year veteran Tyrod Taylor wasn't going to get that. And, and they, they paid him two years, $11 million. I believe right. Tommy DeVito is making like, like a little bit over 400000 it, the writing was on the wall for him to start over Tyrod due to the fact that Tyrod gives you a better chance to win. Giants don't need to win games. They need a quarterback, right? They need pieces. So you would hope that they would lose and get a high draft pick. Now the playoffs aren't talking right now. So everyone's like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> difference a month makes. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it, exactly. It, what a difference a month makes. I don't even want to talk Giants, though. There was somebody that came out that was talking about Juan Soto leaving to go to the Mets. I'm not going to name names here. Well, we all know. What? Salicata? You... Oh, my God. If it wasn't Sal, it was the... Evan. <laughs> Listen, it was Sal. I watched the Carl Bang thing. It's very disrespectful to Carl. I'm not going to monitor. I'm not going to talk about it's, Sal. It's in the it past. Great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Over. But why would Soto leave? Why would he come out in a press conference, Keith, and say, you know what, man? I want to be a Yankee for life. It's going to ruin what he has, he's just here to play. There's no way he can get that fat contract, bro. Yeah, there's That's no it. way you would do that. Thanks for the call, Mark. Um, and respect to Sal and Evan and their opinions and their shows and their careers and who they are on the radio. They do a great job. Um, let's not disparage them. But as far as Juan Soto goes, I've disagreed with their takes. I've disagreed with Evan's whole uh, renting in the Bronx and buying in Queens. And I made the analogy about an apartment. If you sign a lease on an apartment and you looked at it once and you haven't actually lived in it and someone asks you, hey, you're going to spend the rest of your life there? No, I got to I got to live there. I got to try it out. I got to see what the plumbing is like. I got to see what the master bedroom is like. I got to see how I like the kitchen and the living room and the bathroom. I got to see what my neighbors are like. I got to see what the neighborhood is like. I got to see what my commute is like. That's what Juan Soto is about to do. But I understand the hoping and coping, the wishing and dishing. You got to hope right now. Because Steve Cohen is nowhere to be found. He was very visible uh, during the season when things were going south after the Mets couldn't win a a series in June. He popped out. I I respected that. Hope is not a strategy. He was talking about the 14% chance that they had to make the playoffs. That should have gave you an inkling that at the deadline, 
they were going to abort the mission, but nobody thought they would do it what they actually did because nobody's done that in baseball. Nobody can do that. But Steve Cohen, who can light a $100 bill on fire every minute and it wouldn't change his life. What I'll say is I understand the, the, the coping. The coping is like, okay, we played against Juan Soto all these years. Juan Soto said he likes hitting in City Field and uh, Scott Boris, Scott, Scott Boris, you know, you know how Scott Boris is. He's going to test free agency and, and we have the, the richest owner. So if you do the math, if he wants to get the most money and we have the richest owner, like he's going to be around in New York, he's going to get a feel for the city and he's going to want to jump on the other side. No, that's, that's not how it's going to work. Folks, the Yankees literally traded for him. He's a Yankee. Now they have the upper hand. And I don't know how many times in the last three weeks I've had to say how Steinbrenner got money too. The Yankees aren't broke. They sell a ton of chicken buckets and 99 burgers and Lobel steak sandwiches and garlic fries. And even when the Yankees were trash at the end of the year, the attendance was over 40,000. There wasn't 40,000 people in there. Those tickets were sold. So what I'm saying is once he actually puts the pinstripes on, and sees what it's like to play in Yankee Stadium opening day and what we hope is an October run to the World Series, and he gets to feel that. And his pops, who's a Yankees fan, we've all seen the picture now. If you haven't, I mean, it's all over Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Every Yankee fan that could retweet it has. His pop showed up in 2018 to see him as a rookie in Yankee Stadium, and he had a sign to make it claro, (laughs) to make it claro for everybody that saw him. Yo soy Yankee fan. But I'm just here supporting Juan Soto. <laughs> he made it clear I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not a Nationals fan. My son plays for the Nats. I'm in Yankee Stadium. I get to be on the field because of my son. This is a great day for me. So what do you think Pops and Pops' brothers, Juan Soto's uncles, who are also Yankees fans, and you you know that if your dad is a fan, right, and you grew up under him, you you know Juan Soto's got a little bit of a special place in his heart for the Yankees. We all saw the video of him going to the uh, MLB team store and picking out out of all the jerseys he could have picked out a number two Yankee jersey and asking Derek Jeter to sign it. He's going to meet Derek Jeter. Well, he's already met Derek Jeter, but he's going to meet Derek Jeter in Yankee Stadium as a Yankee this year is going to hit different. Uh, so I understand the hoping and coping. King Cohen and all the money in the world. <laughs> that money got you Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and David Robertson and Mark Canna and uh, Tommy Pham and King Cohen went back to the store and returned them for store credit and got some prospects that you hope pan out. And and I think most of them will. That's so why I said it's going to be a Steve uh, Cohen or a, a Billy Epler thank me later thing. But, you know, seeing your neighbor celebrate getting a generational talent in Juan Soto, who they compare to Ted Williams and Babe Ruth, it stings a bit while you're signing... Trace Thompson, you know, it, it, it hurts. I Like, I, I get it. So to cope, you say, well, next year we'll get him. But, like, when you're talking about Scott Boris and you're talking about, oh, he's definitely testing free agency. He's a Boris client. Worry about the player that's on your team represented by Scott Boris, Pete Alonzo. Don't worry about Juan Soto, number 22. They're selling Yankee jerseys for that guy. Worry about number 20, the polar bear, because he went out and got Scott Boris for a reason. He wants to get paid, paid. And DeGrom didn't get paid, paid by the Mets, right? We we heard DeGrom was going to be a lifetime Met. We also heard, heard Otani was going to come to the Mets. We heard that for a year. 
it's not just money for these guys. They're filthy rich. I can't imagine being as rich as these guys. Because you get to a point where you have so much money, you'll never be able to spend it. Like, as I talk about Steve Cohen lighting a $100 bill on fire every minute of his life, that's like a figurative thing. Like, these guys can't spend the amount of money. Whether it's $700 million, whether it's $300 million, they they can't go actually spend the money. So they they will go where they're happy, and if they're unhappy because they feel like they don't get the right offer, they'll leave for the highest bidder. It is what it is. We're, I was trying to talk football. I was trying to talk Tommy DeVito, uh, New York Giants. We're going to bring in Charlotte Carroll. So let's let's take another Giants call before we do that. Michael in Belleville, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? You got it. Hey, how you doing? Uh, big fan. I like your commentary. Uh, the thing I got to say about Tommy DeVito, if you go back to the late 90s, there was an unknown guy that was stocking shelves in Iowa, and he became an MVP and went to a couple of Super Bowls, and his name was Kurt Warner. Very familiar with Kurt. He calls uh, games on Westwood One coverage that we play on the fan. Legend. Legendary story, yeah. Yeah. So you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen with this guy Tommy, but I'm wishing him the best. I'm a North Jersey guy, and uh, I'm like I said, I'm a big fan of yours. And have a great night. Thanks for the call, Michael. I mean, a lot of things are the situation you're put in. Kurt Warner ended up being in the right situation. He ended up being a New York Giant, and uh, I think Tommy DeVito is in the right situation. And this isn't the end of Tommy DeVito's story if they don't win another game this year. Um, I, I'm really rooting for that kid. It's just, it's a, you know, as much as we rooted for Anthony Volpe as a Jersey kid, you know, New York, New Jersey kid making it to be the shortstop of the Yankees, I, I think the Tommy DeVito story is even crazier. And it's like Volpe was a top prospect. The Yankees drafted him. The Yankees, like, you know, the Yankees even pushed him forward faster than they do most guys and gave him the opportunity to fail at the major league level. Nobody saw this coming with an undrafted free agent who, you know, signed to the practice squad, third string guy, now winning games in the NFL. He was, you know, just completely under the radar. All right, let's take the break here. We're going to bring in my first guest. It's Charlotte Carroll, who covers the G-Men for The Athletic. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, my first guest of the night joining us right now is Charlotte Carroll, who writes for The Athletic, covering the G-Men. Hello, Charlotte. Hey, how's it going? Great. Uh, thanks for joining us. How was your Friday night? 
It's been good. Thanks so much for having me on. You know, just another Friday in in Tommy DeVito land. Tommy DeVito world. I mean, this guy (laughs) is everywhere. We've been talking about him all week. We've been talking about him for a few weeks. And I'm only going to ask you one thing about him, and then we'll actually talk about the team, the New York Giants, the other guys, the other 52 guys. But my question for you about Tommy, you know, being around the team, covering the team, and the shift from now – uh, the first-string quarterback, second-string quarterback, the third-string quarterback. There's a lot to be said about relationships formed in the locker room, intangibles, vibe, chemistry. Like, is there a noticeable vibe around the team now that Tommy DeVito is the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, each quarterback's a little bit different, but they try to be as consistent as possible. And, and Tommy came in, undrafted rookie, trying to learn as much as he can. Um, but he impressed teammates and and kind of stuck out to them early with his confidence and and kind of his charisma. Uh, Some of the teammates brought up an off-season get-together with the wide receivers and quarterbacks where they did a karaoke event, Um, and Tommy was up there rapping confidently to an A Boogie song, knowing all the words, and and the teammates kind of realized, okay, this guy's (laughs) this guy. Hmm. Um, And when you talk with his coaches and and his teammates, um, coaches even and teammates beyond, just the Giants, they'll have very similar things to say. He's got that fit factor. He's like that. He's him. I, I I could tell. TD. He had the TD chain. He's he's a North Jersey guy. I mean, I, I'm familiar with uh, uh, you know a lot of Tommy DeVito types, and I just love to see him quarterback in the Giants. I just think it's the perfect match, perfect fit. I'm rooting for him, but what I've said is, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Everybody wants this instant, like, yep, that's it. That's our Brock Purdy. Hey, this guy, he's going to be Tom Brady. I think that's unfair. I also think that's ruining the moment, but you can't control people and what they do and how they speculate. Um, with this next stretch of games, right, I think you know uh, it, it's going to be interesting how people react to whether the Giants win or lose. I hate to ask you, but we're talking playoffs. Playoffs, do you think the Giants actually have a realistic shot of making the playoffs here? I think it's very slim when you think about it realistically. Um, our athletic guy, Austin Mox, is like an odds breakdown, odds prediction. It was after the game, it was still like less than 2%, I think, at the time. I don't know how it's shifted. Um, so a lot of outside factors have to, to come into play, and the Giants still have two matchups with the Eagles on the schedule, so that's huge um, And what kind of plays out with the other teams in front of them. So we'll see on, on that front. But I think it's very you can't underestimate the importance of winning the games that they have. And like from where they were just a month ago to where they are now, it's, it's huge for the morale in the locker room, kind of what's going to happen and improving that Brian Dable should stick around too, based on what he's been able to do with, with Tommy DeVito. Great point. We're joined by Carol. Um, I almost said your name backwards. I almost called you Carol <laughs> no. Charlotte. We're joined so by Charlotte so Carroll. So <laughs> We're, we're, we're joined by Charlotte Carroll from The Athletic covering your Giants, just giving you a, a name tag and ID for anyone that might have tuned in right now. Um, that, that was a great point. A, a month ago, we're talking about tank. They're tanking. Who are they going to draft? People are putting out Photoshop pictures of Drake May and Caleb Williams in a Giants jersey. And now, I mean, I, I still think there's a chance that they are in the top 10 or 15 of the draft. But now I think it's a realistic thing that they say, well, wait a minute. We don't have to take a gamble on a quarterback early. If we know Daniel Jones is coming back, he's under contract. And if Tommy DeVito is showing that he is an NFL-level quarterback, he can play at this level, maybe we can address another need. Uh, What need do you think that the Giants would address first pick in the draft if it's not a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 
Ooh, that's a tough one because there's, <laughs> there's so many things they could fill out. I think the obvious one, if they don't go quarterback, and I still think they do need a quarterback, just Tyrod Taylor is going to be a free agent next year. They need to do something with that position, whether it's in the draft or a free agency. Um, wide receiver is probably the best option. They don't have like a number one wide receiver guy. They, they kind of went around that and got Darren Waller um, in an offseason trade, um, but he's a little bit older, injury prone. So they still need that number one guy. So that to me kind of, you know, would make sense um, if they go route, that route rather than maybe like an offensive lineman who they could pick up a more experienced veteran guy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like they've missed on offensive linemen so much in the draft. Don't go that way. You just used, um, you know, five, six years ago, whatever it was, a six overall pick on Daniel Jones, and he actually made it to another contract. Now you found Tommy DeVito. I think wide receiver makes sense. And it isn't just Marvin Harrison Jr. Malik Neighbors is a legit threat coming out of LSU. And uh, I watch Florida State, and I really think the kid Keon Coleman is going to be a beast. I think that like he he's perfect for the Giants, too, because he, he returns kicks and punts. So like you could get a weapon on your offense, and then you can also get a guy to help the special teams. And I'm going to use that to segue into my next question. The, the, the Giants' sec, uh, special teams was terrible last week. It's been terrible for some time now. Um, for them to actually go out there and win these games, they're going to have to clean it up and play damn near perfect football in all three facets of the game, special teams, offense, and defense. Do you get a sense this week that they're stressing that? Like, with the punts hitting guys, uh, I think, you know, McGay is going to be let go. But do you think there's – been an emphasis on like, hey, special teams, you guys can't cost us. It was close last week, um, even with like missing a field goal. Like, you guys could make or break uh, this next game. You guys got to tighten it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's any week, um, especially the week, the season that they've had. The special teams has had a lot of mistakes throughout the course of the season. It's not just last week, and at least last week it was on both uh, both teams. Um, so they're definitely trying to clean it up. And I do think bringing in the new punt returner. Um, and, and Gunner uh, that they brought in, I don't even know how many games it was ago at this point, but he's kind of helped stabilize things on that side of the ball um, and that kind of facet, which has been interesting to see, and he's giving them a little bit there. Um, but I think that's every game, and I know that sounds like coach speak, um, but they do try to, to clean it up from there, and we'll see what happens. Let's and they're inside, too, which helps. That helps. They're in a dome this week. Yeah. So at least this week, they're at the Superdome, and yeah, they're no not elements. dealing with wind and elements. Um, let's talk about the offensive line. So, you know, as much as we're singing the praises of Tommy DeVito and, and of course, the kid, he, he was running the ball, he's making throws, he, he, you, you can't take anything away from him. I've started to look at the offensive line now. This unit has been more cohesive. And, like, a guy like Tyree Phillips is getting an opportunity now and not Evan Neal. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, I've been speaking about, he was hurt earlier in the year, but he's also a rookie, and you know he had a great block last week to spring Saquon, and I think he's come along, and I, and I keep pointing to the fact that Daniel Jones was playing without Andrew Thomas. I think now the offensive line has got it together, also a healthy Saquon, and the emergence of some of the weapons like Wandale Robinson and Jalen Hyatt. The offense is better served now around the quarterback, and I think that's a big part of of why you're seeing Tommy DeVito have success, along with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka in their game plan. Do you expect them to build on that? Do you think they're going to continue to take uh, you know another step forward this week against that Saints defense? 
Definitely. I mean, you brought it up yourself. It's stabilized the line. We've just seen so much turnover um, throughout the course of the season, so that's been key. And then another aspect of that, though, in the win this past weekend was Tommy Zito's legs and what Brian Zabel and Mike Kafka were able to do with the game planning and really emphasizing the scramble and trusting him in those situations. So I'm curious now what we're going to see against the Saints, now that that's more on tape because it hasn't been. Mm -hmm. But it's also something the Giants used last year with Daniel Jones a ton. They really relied on the scramble and, and those kinds of play options. So now that that's on the tape, we'll see what that looks like in New Orleans. But I definitely think you can't take that out, um, given how successful it was. And, and Tommy's good at it, too. It wasn't like he was struggling. I mean, he, had, he was sacked zero times after being sacked 28 times throughout the season so far. He had that great pass to Isaiah Hodgins, the man zone corner, which was on the run. So I'm very curious what we'll see from that. Yeah, that was a dot. When I saw the kid throw that, I'm like, okay, this kid can play. Like, I, I don't, I haven't seen Daniel Jones throw the ball into the end zone like that. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor could do that. He's progressing as well, and and all credit to Dable and his staff. Now, something I said about the Giants from last year going into this year is that they can beat teams with their coaching. They can beat teams with their preparation. I felt like last year they didn't have the talent, but they were able to still steal wins because of their game plan, because of their scheme. And I know it got a little rocky, or at least it seemed that way. I don't think it really got rocky between Wink and Dable, but it seems like everything's all good now. Winning cures all. You think their relationship is patched up? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is, is winning does it all. I think it's interesting when you, you've heard, heard the comments, excuse me, heard the comments of what they all had to say. And, you know, it's their relationship is the same as it's always been. Uh, the last year they were winning, this year there were some losses, so we'll see kind of how that plays out, if it is patched up, if anything comes of it. Um, but they are winning, and the defense is playing phenomenally. So it's like, okay, the, the defense is doing its job. So you would think that they, they would kind of sort that out and then do anything they can to keep with Marndell and New York based on what they've been able to do. Um, so we'll see how things kind of play out on that end. But defense has been playing lights out and has really – for as much as Tommy, we're like emphasizing Tommy DeVito and the, and the offensive line, they would not be winning these games without the way the defense has been playing. Yeah, the defense has come along. I mean, the emergence of uh, Deontay Banks and even having a healthy Aziz Ojolari, they didn't have that in the beginning of the year. Uh, Bobby Okereke has been pretty consistent, but like he's one of the guys. And then, of course, the best player on their defense is Dexter Lawrence. I had said in my open, like, you guys realize this guy is rated as the best defensive player. Like, last week they gave him a 93.2 rating for the season, and that's the highest rating of any defensive player. He's unstoppable. There's something to be said about the Giants' defense and how they've come along. Now, you know, Xavier McKinney had something that he said about the, uh, you know, like, the the team or the coaches not listening to the veterans on the team. And I think sometimes you got to go through that type of stuff to come together. Um, Even want to give credit to... Kayvon Thibodeau and these guys turning the ball over some of their DBs like Pinnock they're going up against a offense in the Saints offense that they don't have an identity they don't know who they are week to week they have weapons but you know Derek Carr in the red zone terrible I think this is a game that you know Tommy DeVito may be neutralized do you think that this is a game that the the Giants defense can win for him I think it'll be a lower scoring game and I think it's going to come down to you know one or two big plays 
Definitely. I mean, the way that defense is playing, if they keep that up 100%, and you see that, you brought up all those guys' names and what they've been able to do, and the emergence of Kayvon Thibodeau has really been huge as he's been kind of finding his footing as a second-year player. And, and just Wayne Barndell was talking this week about how, you know, he's kind of seen the game a little bit faster and, and being able to see it almost before it happens. That's something you love to hear about a player. Bobby O'Carrick has been so consistent as well, and it's just led to a lot of takeaways. So I I think, I don't know if it's a hot take or prediction because I do not like hot takes, but I do think the takeaways continue in this one. Okay, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I'm going to let you get back <laughs> to your Friday. I appreciate you joining us, everybody. This is not Carol Charlotte. This is Charlotte Carol covering the Giants for the Athletic on the fan. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll do this again. Again. We'll definitely do this again. This is the first time, but uh, we'll have you on again before the end of the season. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, and maybe next time I'll be Carol Charlotte. (laughs) Keep you on your toes. We'll see. Have a great night. You too. Okay, folks, 877-337-6666 if you want to continue with your calls and your thoughts on Tommy DeVito, but I'm telling you now, I'm going to start sprinkling some baseball conversation in there. We already did. I'm going to start talking more Otani and Yamamoto, hot stove, uh, baseball free agency, the moves that other teams have made, some of the remaining free agents, as Lee Steinberg will join me next at about 9.15 to go over the Shohei Otani contract, what it means for baseball, what it means for baseball players, what it means for the Dodgers. He is a sports agent philanthropist, and author. So he's coming up next at 9.15. Let's take this break here. Let's load up the calls. Keith McPherson, KM to AM. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. Happy Friday night. Keith McPherson on the fan. KM to AM. We're talking sports. We're bringing in guests. And now it's time to take your calls. 877-337-6666. Uh, sidebar, you know, I'm an internet guy. I'm always on Twitter, X, the Elon Musk machine. The shenanigans have begun at Boomer and Geo Live. If you don't follow WFAN on Twitter or all the different people from uh, Peter Schwartz to Al Dukes, Reco, Geo, like that, just follow WFAN. The two things that I just noticed. Uh, three things. Spike is dressed up as um, Wendy from Wendy's, and I think that was his punishment for not thinking the event would sell out as quick as it did. There is a little guy with a jersey on that says Little Boomer on the back. He's walking around handing out Wendy's gift cards and doing the Tommy DeVito pinching hands. And then Boomer, who last time... You know, we heard about Boomer having a, a few drinks or whatnot. Boomer is taking a Bruins jersey and walking to the back of the stage to throw it into a freezer. He pulls out the freezer drawer, goes to slam it in there. It doesn't go in. And then Boomer realizes that there's a layer of glass that he also has to slide back. So they got to check on Boomer's hand. He might need some ice out of that freezer. That looked like it hurt. Ouch. <laughs> they are cutting up. Now I just saw there is um, uh, Al Dukes getting booed as he is talking about Long Island and people from Long Island with a list. And the first thing on the list is that five, Long Island's not that great because there's serial killers there. (laughs) And now Boomer has just brought out 
his Christmas sack. So if you were not able to get tickets because it sold out fast, there's a live play-by-play going on right now. Shout out to WFN digital team. They're doing a great job. I am amused. The shenanigans that are going on at the Paramount Theater. All right, back to the calls. We're talking baseball. I just saw Evan Roberts tweet a Mike Puma tweet that said the Mets and uh, Justin Turner's camp, they've been in communication. They are speaking. I think that's a homecoming that makes a lot of sense. I think that's something that should get done. Uh, If you've heard me talk about Turner and him killing the Yankees last year uh, with the Red Sox and then, you know, him also hitting the foul ball off of John Sterling's head, he's still got it. He's not all the way washed yet. And you know that's something that won't cost a lot, David Stearns. Not you, Steve Cohen. We know you got all the money in the world, but David Stearns is not really out here trying to make money moves. It won't cost a lot to bring Justin Turner home, and that's something that the fans will be excited about. That's something that the fans will be energized for, and uh, it's a feel-good story if you're not going to land Yamamoto. 877-337-6666. Let's talk baseball a little bit. Gabe is in Wayne, New Jersey. What's up, Gabe? You're on the fan. Hey, hey, Keith. Thanks for taking the call, man. First off, happy holidays to you and the fan. You too. Um, Thank you. Wanted, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, so I just want to talk about this Otani contract, all right? I don't want to sound hypocritical. I'm a Yankees fan. So when I say something like competitive balance, uh, I don't want you know anybody to get triggered. But um, this does change the game of baseball. And as more details come out about the contract, it gets me wondering, right? So 10 years ago, who had the highest salary in baseball? Was it Rodriguez? Was it A-Rod? In 2013? 2013. 2013. Uh, I would I would guess a Rod. If not a Rod, I don't know. I would guess a Rod. Because that that's 26 mil, right? You fast forward to today, the highest AAV is what 43 mil for Scherzer, and, Verlander, and whatever climbing. the case may be. Yeah, a Rod yeah. was at 28 million uh, 28. for the highest salary in 20 2013. So you're talking about more than a and that's 50% funny now increase. when you think about what guys are yeah, making yeah. now. A Rod right. was so the man, talking- like. You're talking about back then to now, that's a 50% increase in the top salary, right? I mean, what they just did with Otani was basically they're giving him $2 million for a year for 10 years, but then they're banking on the fact that 10 years from now, $68 million might not be out of the realm of possibility for the next superstar. It makes sense, right? Because that's right. about a 40-something, They're also increase. banking on that in the next decade, they make money hand over fist through Otani and, and the business that he brings in globally, and also 100%. that they win a World Series, which if you hear me talk about the World Series pleading for the Yankees, which I, I know they've heard these pleas, I'm like, the next World Series is worth more than, than all of the other ones combined because it's in 4K, because it's covered by every single person with a phone, because it's it's 2023, 2024 now. Couldn't agree more. No, I mean, and that's... And so what, what I'm thinking is, does it change the narrative of, like, you know, we got luxury tax, right? Does it change the narrative of some sort of penalty needing to be paid for deferred contracts like this? Because this is, you, we talk about Bobby Bonilla, there's no, no comparison. Or even what Griffey Bonilla did. Bonilla. No, it's not even. Right? It's, there's, there's no comparison. So is this changing the game, and does it need to be addressed? Because I don't think enough people are talking about how it's actually reshaping baseball. Yeah, great call, Gabe. And that is exactly why I have Lee Steinberg joining us at 9.15. Because uh, there's questions that you got to ask about the CBT. In the intro press conference, Shohei Otani literally said, oh, yeah, I did this because of the collective bargaining tax. He wants to win. He 
wants the Dodgers to be able to sign other good players like Yamamoto. He wants the Dodgers to sign other good players like Tyler Glass now. Trade for him, give him a five-year deal. He does not want to be, you know, taking up so much money and and working against the, uh, you know, collective bargaining agreement where they're taxed and like he he it's a it's a smart play for him I don't think many guys can do it like him because of what he makes off the field what he's already made like the guy already has his place out there he's already made millions and millions he makes way more than any other player off the field I think they said the number was he made 40 million dollars off the field last year and the next closest guy was judge at like five million as far as like endorsements and deals and stuff I feel like Judge probably makes a little more than that. But that's that's the number that I heard out there. Not every baseball player can say that. Most of these baseball players can't say that. They're, they're just not like that. Like, they're not NFL players. They're not NBA players. They're not as visible. Just, there's so many of them, and these guys, a lot of them don't have the personalities. They don't want it. Um, but, yeah, when we have Lee Steinberg on, we will continue the Shohei Otani contract talks and break down what this means for the state of baseball moving forward, what this means for him as a player, the Dodgers, if we'll see any copycats, if other teams, like, there were two other teams I have in my notes that the Blue Jays and the Angels were offered the same deal. Shohei Otani's camp proposed the same structured deal to the Dodgers. Um, or, or D- Shohei Otani's camp proposed the same structured deal that the Dodgers accepted to at least three other teams. That was reported by Alden Gonzalez and Jeff Passan. The Blue Jays and Giants accepted while the Angels declined. The Angels are like, whatever, go over there, bro. We're off it. And we're in a way different phase coming up. Ron Washington is the manager over there now. and they're, they're, They're changing course because they tried to go all in and keep him. They knew. They knew he was going over there to be a Dodger. The dream of Major League Baseball is to get a modern-day World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. I'm not a baseball buff or baseball historian to know the last time the Dodgers and Yankees faced off in the World Series. That's why I have Google in front of me. Uh, what was it, 81? Let's see. But, like, I know that because of my time at Major League Baseball 10 years ago. Um. Yeah, 81. 1981, the changing of the guard. The fortunes turned in L.A.'s favor. So I'm on Wikipedia, and I'm not going to read out loud. But when I was working for Major League Baseball at the MLB Fan Cave, me and my friends were just joking about this, the cave dwellers. The first two people that made the 2014, the last and final Fan Cave under Bud Selig, and then Rob Manfred came in and did away with the project. We were at 692 Broadway the old Tower Records right down the street from NYU, um, right before you get to Houston. Like, we we spent the whole season there in 2014. The first two people to make it were myself and my girl Serena Sanchez. And we represented the Yankees and the Dodgers. Obviously, I didn't represent the Dodgers. I represented the Yankees. Because they knew those are the two major markets, fan bases, And, man, the dream would be to get a Dodgers-Yankees World Series. We thought we were going to get it back in 2017. (laughs) We thought we were going to get it back in 2017, and there were some trash cans being banged and whatnot. Dominic is in East Rochester, New York. What up, Dom? You're back on the fan. 
Keith McPherson, how are you tonight, my friend? I'm good. Anytime I get one of these five-hour blocks, <laughs> I, I feel blessed to get the chance to do it. So I'm great. Thank you. Well, I hate to gush, but you do a hell of a good job, too. So. Yeah, I'm working on it, man. I want this to you be yeah, a five-hour block that people look forward to. We hit on a lot of different things. We bring in guests, callers. We laugh. We, we play some beats. We pass the time, and you say, wow, hear, that was good. I hear, the go- I hear the back and forth with the callers, not just me, other callers. And by the way, when I call, when I call Keith, I want to have the remainder of the show, okay? But <laughs> I mentioned that. I mentioned that because when Josh calls, I love Josh. He just called to say hello to you and have a nice weekend. <laughs> He's the best. He tries to get out in a hurry. <laughs> no, but he is the best. He said, I don't have any sports. I just wanted to say hello and have a nice weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I see him on Twitter, guy. too. I always say thanks for the support <laughs> online and on air. He's he's in and he's out. There's a guy I'd like to meet. Listen, did you say Lee Steinberg? Yes, sir. I didn't even know he was doing it anymore. Is is, is an agent? I don't know if he's still um, an uh, active agent, but uh-huh. he's coming up. I'll ask him. Yeah, you know another thing I wish you'd consider, you know, getting in there. When Lee Steinberg was 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 uh, doing what he does, I always felt that he had the player's best interest at heart, and you know that he wasn't being—I don't know how to clean this up—but he wasn't being a pig about it. You know, he he, mm-hmm. he just he had the player's best interest, and naturally, I won't mention any names, I guess. But there's another agent that it doesn't seem like the player's uh, best interest is always at heart. It seems like that the, the agent's uh, uh, situation. Oh, yeah, is, building, is, building his evil corporation. Yeah, really. I mean, seriously, Steinberg, I mean, when, 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 uh, when wasn't even Cashman, I think it was before his time, but when somebody was dealing with Steinberg, I always felt you were going to have a, a, a fair a fair deal, to tell you the truth. And you can tell him if you'd like. Anyway, you also mentioned Rob Manford. He he wanted to change something. or He or did he, away with the fan cave. So <laughs> when his first what, year as, uh, as commissioner, I thought I would yeah. – I got a job working on MTV when I left the fan cave, and I had plans of, like, getting out of work and going back to, oh. like, be with the dwellers and watch baseball games. And then the fan cave ceased to exist. And what I heard through the grapevine was he looked over the – the budget and was like, we don't need this. What are we paying for this for? You know what Rob Manford should get rid of? A few he, things. In the game. Yeah, the runner on second, the ghost runner. Oh no! Listen, he should get rid of Rob Manford. That's who <laughs> he should. He's not going anywhere. Get, 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 no, I know. The, the owners I like do. him. The owners are cool with the money they're making uh, and, and the state of the game. Listen, I, I got I got baseball. You know, I always got baseball, but I, it's football Friday. So, listen, a shout-out to New York Giant fans so that, you know, I can remove a lot of uh, a concern for them. You're not going to the playoffs, okay? So forget about it. <laughs> it's I, cut and dry. <laughs> it's not, not, it's going, not happening. I, 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 I'm, I'm sitting, the Browns are sitting in the – in the number four or five slot, and I'm a nervous wreck as to whether or not they're going to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know. And Joe Flacco. Your team, yeah, 
Another thing, Keith, I think you'll agree with this. When you're trying to get your team in the playoffs, and when you discuss it, you have to say, well, if this happens, and if that happens, and if this happens, and if that happens, then you're in trouble. with because yeah, all of that is not going to happen in the NFL. Thanks for the call, Dom. We're up uh, against the break. we got to go to the break and the update literally right now. Hit it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 